0: Hey, what's up everyone? Welcome back. How you doing? How things going? Things good? Great. I always like asking these questions right up at the top. Like, I don't even leave any room for a response, but there's a response in your mind and we're starting off having a little conversation. That's what this is. This is mostly a conversation where I talk to you and you in your mind are like, am I ever going to get to talk? You can, if you want, I won't be there to respond, but we're doing it. Anyway, welcome back. Here we are, episode 15 of the podcast, Yes Way with Daniel Weingarten. If this is your first time here, welcome. If you're coming back, thank you. If you haven't already, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe, review, rate it. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to the channel. Excuse me, I'm sorry. I burped. But I'm drinking Topo Chico, and there's a lot of bubbles, and I didn't think about that before... I started this and drank it and used this as my beverage of choice during this podcast. So I'm gonna pay for it. I'm gonna try my best not to burp because that feels rude and I don't wanna be rude. But if it happens, I apologize. There's so many bubbles in this. I've talked about this, I think, before. Topo Chico, so many fucking bubbles. You can leave it open for three days, still the same amount of bubbles than you had when you opened it. I don't know how it's possible. I don't know what type of magic, uh, what type of brujería. Um, this shit comes from Mexico, where is this from? This is from Monterrey. I don't know what kind of brujería they got going on in Monterrey. I don't know what kind of fucking chemist or biologist or physicist. I don't know what kind of science applies to ma- making sure that you have a high retention of bubble concentration. That's probably not the right terminology, whatever, but it's a lot of bubbles. Anyway, if you're on YouTube, subscribe to the channel. Great. A few show announcements. Shows I got coming up. March 3rd, I'm going to be at the Brea Improv in Brea, California. After that, I have shows at the Ontario Improv in Ontario, California, Irvine Improv in Irvine, California, and at Levity Live in Oxnard, California. You can find links to buy tickets on my website, www.danielweingarten.com. Don't have to put the www, but you can if you want. And uh, I'll be announcing more shows outside of California over the next, you know, month, month and a half or so. So I'm excited to get back out there and uh, do these shows because I love comedy. Speaking of which, last night I did a show. uh, I did a comedy show in Spanish, uh, and it was my second time doing it. La segunda vez que hice comedia en español. La última vez, the last time that I did it. I what was it like six years ago? Something like six years ago. So I was like 21, 22, something like that. It was like five or six years. And this comic was like, "Hey man, I got this show. It's at the Ontario Improv, which is a big club. You know, you want to do it?" I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "But it's in Spanish." I'm like, "Oh yeah, yeah. Yo 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 lo puedo hacer. Yo puedo hacer comedia en español. I can do it. You know?" And so I agreed to it, and I started preparing for it. And I, you know. Keep in mind, at this point, I'm just starting to kind of figure out how to be funny in English. Like, just figuring it out. Now, I'm just trying to do comedy in an entirely different language. So, I'm preparing my set, like, five or six minutes of material. Because I'm like, there's no way they're going to have me do more than that. Like, normally, if you're a comic that's just starting out and you're on a show, you're probably going to do, like, five minutes. Because five minutes is probably all you got, that's, that's gonna be fine. I know people think that like 10 minutes doesn't sound a lot of time, sound like a lot of time, but if you don't know what you're doing, it's an eternity. Five minutes is an eternity if you don't know what you're doing. So like first time doing comedy in Spanish, I'm thinking five minutes. Rookie mistake didn't ask how long my set was. So I'm preparing for the show. I prep like five or six minutes of material. I translate all of it. I'm rehearsing my lines on the drive over to the show. And I get there and I'm so nervous, just like a rookie. It was like I started comedy all over, and this is my first show again. And I show up, and I go up to the guy who's working the show, and I'm like, hey, man, uh, how much time am I doing? And he's like, oh, you're going to do like 12 minutes. And I'm like, okay, what? He's like, yeah, you're going to do 12 minutes, and you're hosting. And I'm like, uh, okay, what? Like, I had a full Bloat anxiety attack because like I also had too much pride to be like nah I can't I was like I'm there I that's what that's what I'm doing so I'm gonna do it but I'd only prep like six minutes so I had another six minutes that I had to put together and the show started in like 20 minutes so I'm outside the comedy club in the parking lot trying to translate these jokes right that probably aren't even like funny in Spanish culturally, like they just don't translate culturally and contextually. And also like when you write a joke in English, you pick certain words because those words sound funny. They're funny sounding words, so you choose that word versus another word that means the same thing. But then you translate into Spanish and then like maybe the Spanish version of the word isn't funny and like I'm sorry, but my Spanish vocabulary is not extensive enough that I am capable of just choosing synonyms. I don't have a synonym the, the my 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 the uh but I was going to say my my grasp of the Spanish language is not deep enough in order to have options and to have synonyms, but clearly in that moment I short-circuited and uh didn't have a good grasp of the English language, which I mean that's that's debatable too. I hardly do. Anyway, I kind of get it together. I'm like, "All right, I think I can figure this out." So I'm the host and I go out onto the stage and to do the uh, to do the show. And I look at the crowd before I got on the stage and it's like 300 people puro paisas. I mean paisas and like I mean with the sombrero, with the hat, con las botas. I mean just like they picked him up from the rancho and brought him to the comedy club and all of them like the average age must have been like 55 and I'm like this 22-year-old fucking gringo-looking kid trying to go up and do comedy in Spanish at this point my Spanish is my Spanish is much better now than it was 6 years ago especially like in the context of comedy right because I've implemented more into my comedy and I practice it more so I go up there and my first joke bombs just that i mean you could hear i mean you could hear the waiters in the kitchen 500 feet away i mean it was brutal and then i start getting nervous and when i start getting nervous i start speaking faster right and i can't speak that fast in spanish because my spanish isn't good enough i'm translating real time in my brain in spanish I don't think in Spanish, I actually, even though Spanish is my first language, I think in English and I translate in Spanish to micro translation, my brain is a Google Translate, right? So I'm trying to do Google Translate work, right, with like a, I I need to, I'm trying to have, I'm acting like I have a high speed connection, but I have dial up brain, okay? I'm thinking, oh yeah, I got spectrum, 120 gigahertz, whatever, fast speed, never gonna complain to customer service, internet connection, make that Google Translate thing happen. Meanwhile, I'm trying to translate things moving that fast, but all my brain is doing is just like... So I'm fumbling. I'm mumbling. I'm not even saying words at this point. The entire crowd is like, this dude's a fraud. He's saying he's Latino, but the way he's speaking Spanish right now, I think he's lying. I think we got a Rachel Dolezal on our hands. (laughs) I think this man is a fraud, and it was just silence for 12 minutes, the longest 12 minutes of my life, felt like 45, just 300 people staring at you, like, oye, chinga tu madre, wey, chinga tu madre. They weren't saying it, but I felt it telepathically. I fucking felt it was horrible, so it scarred me. That's like the worst bomb that I've ever had. To bomb in a foreign language is, and then I was the host, so then I had to keep coming back up in between comics and like, Okay. Aplauso para, para, para el, ese, ese comediante. Ahora, um, poco de energía. Yeah, yeah. Lo estamos pasando bien. Yeah, yeah Okay, okay, okay. Um, ahora aplauso, aplauso, aplauso para tu próximo comediante. <laughs> ah, you all hate me. <laughs> it was horrible. So I was like, I'm not doing comedy in Spanish again. But then uh, I was hanging out with a comic friend of mine, Francisco. Uh, Why did I say that weird? Francisco. That was weird. That was a weird way to say Francisco. Francisco. I don't know. I I sounded like I'm working at the DMV and I'm saying his name Francisco (laughs) over to window three Francisco. Anyway, I'm hanging out with him and he runs a show with two other comics uh, in LA where it's comedy in Spanish. And I was like, dude, I want to do the show. And he's like, yeah. I was like, yeah. He's like, how much time do you want to do? And I go, I appreciate you asking. I'm going to do. Eight minutes. That's it. Eight minutes. I think I can do eight minutes. It's two more than the six from six years ago. Four less than the twelve that I had to do eight. I'm like, I can. I can do eight. I can make that work. So, I prepare. I get my I get my stuff together, and I show up and I do the show. And guess what, guys? Guess what, ladies? Guess what, people? I did not bomb that's right I got tepid laughter like it was fine it wasn't great it wasn't horrible it was like fine which was all I needed like doing comedy in Spanish feels like putting on a 30 pound weighted vest and going on a run it's like I know how to run but there's something holding me down and something making me feel just like a little bit slower you know like, I'm just moving a little slower than I normally would. So now, I got done, and I was like, oh, I can do comedy in English again? Oh, that sounds amazing. That sounds so easy. Um, So, that that was last night. But it's interesting, because I was talking to another comedian, and she's French-Canadian. I believe her mom is from Peru, and her dad is Canadian. And she, she'd she done shows in, I, I'm assuming, in Montreal, but in Canada, somewhere in where it's French and Canadian, um, but I'm, I'm guessing maybe in Montreal. And she was saying she had done comedy shows in French, and that those crowds, um, she she's had an easier time with with those crowds. And I think it's interesting because like here's the thing: like if you speak French, you understand French culture, and that's like that's like the one culture. You just have French culture. That's it, right? And there's sort of this like. Universal language and a universal culture that you're kind of pulling from and references or whatnot But what's interesting and what really is the challenge about doing uh, comedy in Spanish is yeah Sure, you might have a room full of people that all speak Spanish But they all might be from different countries and you know from different parts of Latin America You might have you know two people that are Mexican then you have three people that are Chilean then you have you know one person from, from Puerto Rico somebody else from Venezuela and yeah, we all speak the same language and the sensibilities are somewhat the same but the sensibilities are also somewhat different depending on the country that you're on the comedic sensibilities also there are words that mean one thing in one country and something else in another country slang right that you know that that somebody could could say that makes perfect sense if you're Puerto Rican you know that you know that word you, you know what they're saying but if you're not Puerto Rican you might be like i i don't know that word i don't know what they're saying or in context that doesn't make sense to me so that's, I think that's like an interesting challenge but it was cool and it was, it was it was it was a lot of fun and I I'm glad that I that I took on the challenge because it was I'm telling you when it was bad when I did it like six or seven years ago it was horrible and the worst part was the drive back home was like an hour and ten minutes so it was just an hour of 10 minutes in the car by myself replaying every single moment. And yet, I decided, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to do it. I'm going to do this show in Spanish. I'm going to have a grand old time. Uh, The worst that could happen can't be worse than before. Can't be worse than that. I knew that. And it wasn't. And I overcame a fear of mine. And for that, you know? Órale, Daniel. Buen hecho. Buen hecho. Tengo. Estoy muy orgulloso de ti. Muy orgulloso. Very proud of you. My speaking to myself... In the third person, yeah, okay? But I'm also proud of you. I'm proud of you so much. Who are you? You're the person listening. Proud of you. All right. What else is going on? <laughs> on Sunday, Zoe and I decided to uh, to go to some open houses. Yeah, we decided to go to some open houses just for fun. We just had nothing to do. And we're like, why don't we go to some open houses? And, uh... It's very funny how when you walk in, I feel like they can tell that you don't, you don't, you don't have money. You're not, you're not here for the house. Like I parked my Kia very far away so we could walk up, and they're like, "Nah, we're good." Like we got it. You just get ignored. You just, you just get ignored. It's like, oh, uh, like normally, like they'll go up to other people and they're like, "Do you have any questions about the house?" We, there was no Q and A for us. No Q and A. There was also, by the way, no spreads. What's going on at these open houses? I feel like. I feel like there should be spread at these open houses. Some food, a little charcuterie board, perhaps, some jam, some cheese, or preferably, honestly, I think about it now, this is a communal event with strangers, you don't want too many like finger foods where like people are dipping their fingers in all the other foods, I get that, I appreciate that, so don't do the charcuterie board, or you have toothpicks and you gotta use the toothpicks, and if you don't use the toothpicks, you're a monster, but, You know, maybe some like finger sandwiches. Little, little, little sandwiches. Just a little bite, you know? A little ganache that you can gnaw on while you check out the living room. Ooh, look at that stained glass window. Mmm, turkey and cheese, you know? Just a little something. Put us in a mood. Fill, Fill us up. Treat us a little bit. Maybe it's just so competitive they're like, nah. We don't need to put out the food because the house sells itself. Some of these houses, though, do not sell themselves. Um, it's crazy in LA, it's crazy. It's like, oh, here's this house. It's a one-bedroom, half-bath shack that's haunted by the ghost of Columbus. 1.2 million dollars. Bananas. It's a bana- people, it's like, listen, I don't care that you're close to a Whole Foods. It's not worth that. It's not. It's crazy, but I love pretending. I love, it's such a good, it's so much fun. Nothing is more fun than pretending that you are like more well off than you actually are. It's just like, you know, it's voyeuristic. It's like a role play in life. It's like, ooh, I got money, but I don't really. I got debt. <laughs> you got debt? I got debt. Um, also, we got an Instant Pot. I'm going to be that person. I'm going to be that person who's like, ooh, have you heard of the Instant Pot? You should get the Instant Pot. Or like, ooh, do you have a thermos? It keeps it cold for so I'm going to be that person. Yes, I know. It's annoying. But we got an Instant Pot, and that shit is amazing. I, you, just, you, just, you just throw it all in. You just throw it all in. It's like an easy bake oven, but for cooking. And it's like, I don't even have to. I just go chop, 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 throw, throw, throw. Although... Here's the thing when you're cooking, when you're cooking with these Instant Pot recipes, because there's a there's a bunch of recipes online, you gotta look and see who's making these recipes because some of the directions when it comes to the amount of spices that you need to put into these recipes are low, and I don't want to say that there's a correlation between the low spice amount and the caucasity uh, of the individual individuals putting these recipes together, But there is. Now, I'll say, generally, if it's somebody who's like from the south, they're more generous, you know, with the spices. But sometimes other geographic areas, my fellow Caucasians, we got to put more spice into these recipes, okay? If Sheila wrote the recipe, or Karen, you know, probably going to double up on the spices, okay? You want me to put half a teaspoon of oregano? I'm sorry, what's that for? To smoke it? Are we, are, are I'm, I'm sorry, are we, are we getting shrunk down? Like, honey, I shrunk the kids, and then using the half teaspoon of oregano to smoke some not-weed weed? Is that what we're here to do? I'm sorry, are we cooking for our future selves after we get zapped down in... The Willy Wonka television set? Is that what we're cooking for? Because these spice counts are inordinately low. We need to spice it up. All right. Don't don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of the paprika. Don't be afraid of the cardamom. Cardamon, whatever. Don't be afraid of some you know garlic salt. Oh yes. You want chili pepper? Throw that chili pepper in there. All right. A little a little sprinkle isn't gonna do anything. All right. A little sprinkle little sprinkle. This Listen, you're not Pinocchio. The Instant Pot is not Pinocchio, and you are not the fairy, all right? We're not sprinkling chili pepper. Douse that shit with the spices. It's going to be fine. You're going to be fine. You're going to survive. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? It's going to taste too good? Great. Congratulations. You have food that tastes too good. You win. Um. So, yeah, we made chili. We made this turkey chili. Um, and... I'm farting. Haven't farted during this podcast, but two is just too many types. It's like five types of beans in that in that chili. I don't know why I thought that was a good idea. Get my fiber up. Get that fiber game fronting, but too many beans. All right. Here we are. We made it. We're on our way. We're doing the thing. I think it's time. I think it's time for the segment that I, that I just... I love. I love doing this. It's a little time for... No mommy's way. No mommy's way. No mommy's way. That's right. It's time for No Mami's Way. It is that time of the week where I go ahead and I talk about uh, a grievance, uh, something that bothered me, something that I've been thinking about and sharing it with you all. And this week, we're going to talk about the Super Bowl halftime show starring Shakira and Jennifer Lopez. Hey, and some people were upset about it. And here's the thing. I don't know how many people were actually upset about it or if the internet makes it seem like people were upset about it. There were definitely people that were upset about it. How many? I don't know. But there were definitely people upset about it and um, definitely people that didn't like the Spanish, did not like the Espanol, didn't like that, weren't so pleased with that. And anybody who says that there weren't people that felt like that, just look at the internet. They're there, whatever. But it is kind of, you know, it's, I, the, I know there were people that television said, it's like, did I fucking press the sap button on this? The type of people, they'll be like, hey, this is America, speak English. And it's like, nah, bitch, Latino gang, you know? No, no, no. And it's so annoying. It's so annoying, the Spanish part about it. Because, listen, I speak Spanish in public all of the time. All over the country. No one's ever said anything to me. Why is that? Why do you think that is? Why do you think it is? Um... I think it's because I have the skin complexion of Dove Lotion. I think that has, that's definitely a factor in it. I think it's because they don't see that as a threat to the America, that they believe in the, 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 the this misguided perception of what America is, um, this idea that English is our national language, blah, 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 you know? And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not threatening that. I'm just a guy who maybe learned it, you know, off the bat. That, that's where, that's where that comes from. It's so annoying, it's so outdated, it's so it's 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 ignorant and it's stupid and um it, I think just like that happening and them doing that, I thought was pretty fucking cool and I enjoyed it. And here's the thing too, okay? If you don't like music because it's not in English, then your playlist must be super boring. I don't want to say super boring, but like you're limiting yourself in terms of like good music that's out there because there's a lot of bomb ass music that isn't in English. Great music from all over the world. Expand your horizons and, and like, jam the fuck out, all right? Jam the fuck out. You might find that there's stuff out there that really gets you going, all right? That really makes you feel good. You don't have to understand the music. Listen, how many of us are really listening to the lyrics anyway, even when they're in English? Even when they're in English, you listen to the beat. You listen to the feeling. You listen to the, to the emotion and the attitude of it all. All right, expand your horizons, baby. It's okay. And then the other, the other, the other thing that people were saying was that it was a, it was a, it was, it was a risque and uh, too, too sexual and and you know there are children watching. Okay, couple things. First of all, the cheerleaders—they show skin, so that's that's the first thing. No one's ta- no one's no one's upset with the cheerleaders. No one has any issues with the cheerleaders. Number two, the biggest thing is that people were saying, like, it's a family, this is a family event. This is a family program. Kids are watching. And it's like, yo, it's a football game where men are just violently knocking at each other, potentially giving each other CTE and causing permanent brain damage where they may do horrific things down the line, you know? That's okay, but... A little belly dancing, a little shaking of the tush—that's not okay. Come on, come on! This puritanical shit is bullshit. All right, look—I went to bar mitzvahs. They had belly dancers at the bar mitzvahs. I was 12, 13. 13. I was a man of Judaism, but thirteen—a little weird. Yeah, sure, a little weird. I, you know, but we all—we're all fine. We—we we are all okay, and they're just—they're just owning. They're, 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 they're owning their femininity and their sexuality and there's power in that. So fucking great. Like great. It's a football game. All right. It's a football game. I would understand. It's not a like, I don't, it's a family. It's a, it's a, it's kid. It's a family event. No, <laughs> like, I don't understand if you were watching Sesame street and all of a sudden just some girls come out and start shaking their ass, and the Cookie Monster's like, "Oh, I don't want to eat cookies anymore. I want to eat ass." It's like, okay, well, hold on a second. This is Sesame Street, but it's not that. <laughs> it's not. So, anyway, uh, I thought it was great. Good, 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 good stuff. And yeah, I mean, there was J Lo had that had that Puerto Rican flag out, and uh, which you know. And speaking of which, since uh, I'm gonna use that as a transition. Una transición. Is it transición? I don't know. You think I'm going to search it up right now? Oh, baby. Transition. In Spanish. This is what I do. When I don't know a word, I just Google it. And then I learn the word. Now I know the word. Like I needed to, for a joke, needed to translate kidnapping. Secuestro. Ahora sé sí. Perfecto para un secuestro. Perfecto por un secuestro. voy a preguntar a mi papá, y después voy a aprender. I'm going to ask him, and then I'm going to learn. Transición. Damn, dude. Sometimes I get it right, baby. Sometimes I get it right. But, like, one I got wrong was I was trying to figure out the word for contestant, and I thought it was contestante, but it's not. It's concursante. Another thing. Googled it. Learned it. Google, baby. Google and expand your horizons and expand your mind. Um, Okay. Yes. So, speaking, I was saying Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico, which leads us to La Cultura, La Cultura, La Cultura, that's right everybody, it's time for La Cultura, where I pick a country and we talk about that country a little bit and expand our horizons and our understanding of world history and how, how, how you know, just the country's backgrounds and info, info about the country and just, you know, try to learn things that we didn't know. Before, so today we're going to be talking about uh, Puerto Rico. Uh, I put together just a little bit of a bird's eye view of the history of Puerto Rico, how Puerto Rico came to be, and as I always, uh, as not always, but like as I'd like to say, uh, this is a very broad. Bird's eye view of it. This is not a super in-depth, detailed, you know, look at uh, Puerto Rico's history, but I think it provides some context and some understanding, and we can continue as, you know, individuals to continue to dig in from there, but I'm hoping to, you know, through doing this, spread, uh, you know, maybe it's the, the catalyst that allows us to dig in. So, with that said, uh, we're going to talk about uh, Puerto Rico today. Um, so, before Columbus showed up in Puerto Rico, okay? The Taino Indians who inhabited the territory called the island Boriquen or Borinquen, which means the great land of the valiant and noble lord or land of the great lords. Now, on November 19th, 1943, Christopher Columbus claims the island for Spain during his second voyage into the new world. He found the island populated by as many as 50,000 Taino or Arawak Indians. And the Indians, they actually showed... Columbus and the Spanish these gold nuggets right that were in the river and told them that they could take the these gold nuggets, which obviously um, They were very 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 enticed to um, and they actually originally called the island San Juan Bautista for st John the Baptist and the town Puerto Rico because of its obvious excellent potentialities with gold. Uh, The name Puerto Rico, which in English means rich port, is derived from the abundant gold that the initial Spanish settlers found on the island, and it was not until later that the two names were switched. So originally it was uh, San Juan Bautista was the name of the island, and Puerto Rico was the name of uh, the town, and obviously now San Juan is the capital of Puerto Rico, and Puerto Rico is the island. Uh, In 1501, the Spanish crown permitted the export of slaves to America. In 1503, Governor Nicolás de Ovando opposes the importing of slaves. At that time, the first slaves arrive in Hispanola. In 1508, Spanish colonization begins, and Spanish explorer Juan Ponce de León arrives. Puerto Rico soon became Spain's most important military outpost in the Caribbean. Then, fast forward... A lot of stuff happened. Okay, we're fast forwarding. Fast forwarding almost, almost 400 years. So I mean, a lot of stuff is happening during these during these 400 years. Uh, during the this this period of Spanish colonization, uh, slaves are coming over uh, from Africa. Um, and I mean, like I said. We can continue to dig into it and continue to learn. But that's sort of the setup there for the, this period of uh, this the Spanish colonial period or the Spanish period of colonization might be the correct term. I'm not a history buff, by the way. I'm just a layman's person who's trying to learn, uh, just maybe like, like you. So... We fast forward, um, and it's uh, December 10th, 1898. The Treaty of Paris is signed, and this concludes the Spanish-American War. Spain renounced all claim to Cuba, ceded Guam and Puerto Rico, and its dependent Islets, is it Islets or Islets? I-S-L-E-T-S, Islets, to the United States, and transferred sovereignty over the Philippines to the U.S. for $20 million. Now, in 1900, uh, the U.S. Congress institutes civil government in Puerto Rico under the Foraker Act. U.S. maintains strict control over the island affairs, prompting demands for more local control. And in 1917, the Jones Act grants U.S. citizenship to Puerto Ricans. 1946, the U.S. appoints Jesús de Pinero as Puerto Rico's first governor, and in 1947, Partial self-government is granted, enabling Puerto Rico to elect their own governor, so one that's not appointed by the U.S. And in 1950 of of October, in October of 1950, President Truman signs the Puerto Rico Commonwealth Bill paving the way for a Puerto Rican constitution. In 1951, the 600 laws passed, giving Puerto Rico the right to establish a government with proper constitution. And in 1952, Puerto Rico's constitution is proclaimed, establishing a commonwealth with autonomy in internal affairs. Now, fast forward to 1993, Spanish and English is declared as as the official languages of Puerto Rico, and nearly 49% of voters back continued U.S. Commonwealth status. So they used to have, I think they're called, uh, I forget what, it's, what the, essentially referendums within Puerto Rico where they would vote on whether they wanted to maintain this Commonwealth uh, status or statehood. And it should be noted that Puerto Rico... Um, They do not have full voting rights in the sense that they cannot vote uh, for the president or for the vice president, and they don't have representation in Congress. So they're an insular territory in that sense. So 1993, uh, fast forward now to March of 2006, the U.S. Supreme Court rejects an appeal calling for Puerto Ricans to have the right to vote in U.S. presidential elections. Now, in November of 2006, Puerto Rico adopts its first sales tax, aiming to address major budget deficits. And I believe that they do Puerto Ricans uh, Puerto Ricans do not pay income tax. I believe that's the the piece of information that I came across. But there is a sales tax. Um, and in November of 2012, voters backed a non-binding referendum to become a full U.S. state. This measure would require U.S. congressional approval, and up until this point, has not happened. Uh, In October of 2013, uh, Puerto Rico was facing a mounting debt crisis. And in 2014, um, I'm sorry, and then eventually in 2017, uh, the U.S. territory declares bankruptcy, which was the largest ever by a local U.S. government after being unable to pay its debts. And on, yes, that's, I was just about to start reading the same thing. And then on june uh, in June of two thousand and seventeen, Puerto Rico votes overwhelmingly in favor of becoming america's fifty first state in a non-binding referendum. Um, but that, did not uh, get congressional approval. Um, and now we fast forward September of 2017. You obviously have two hurricanes, including Maria, uh, which left a trail of devastation and uh, generated political backlash over alleged delay in U.S. relief efforts. And most recently in July of 2019 and 2019, there were massive protests that led to the resignation of Governor Ricardo Roselo, after days of street protests over a group text message scandal involving offensive comments. And obviously, most recently, you have the earthquakes that have impacted uh, Puerto Rico just this year. So that is sort of the the general overview. But uh, really looking at the culture of Puerto Rico and the people of Puerto Rico, we need to consider that they represent a cultural and racial mix. During the early 18th century, the Spaniards, in order to populate the country, took Taino-Indian women as brides. Later on, as labor was needed to maintain crops and build roads, African slaves were imported, followed by the importation of Chinese immigrants, and then it continued with the arrival of Italians, French, German, and even Lebanese people. American expatriates came to the island after 1898, after the, uh, the, after the Spanish-American War uh, and the Treaty of Paris. Did I get that right? Is my history right or is my history wrong? Treaty of Paris, baby, 1898. So the U.S. expats started to come to Puerto Rico after 1898. Long after Spain had lost control of Puerto Rico, Spanish immigrants continued to arrive on the island. The most significant new immigrant population arrived in the 1960s when thousands of Cubans fled from Fidel Castro's communist state. So... That is a brief rundown and a brief overview of uh, sort of Puerto Rican history and how uh, it came to be, Um, and which you know uh, I think is I I I I continue to like sort of reemphasize this. Each country has its own story. Each country has its own history, Um, and each country has has lessons that 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 we can learn from, um, and that we need to learn from in order to continue to, to to do better in the future, uh, which is kind of the reason that I'm doing this. Is I think that growing up in history class, I think a there's very little that you retain. First, first and foremost, I think you have a uh, a very limited scope of the history w- that that you learn. Um, I think there's there's bias and there's an agenda to, to you know baked into uh, how history is taught. Um, on a both con- conscious and subconscious level and i think that uh, we we owe it to ourselves to do the work to continue to learn uh, about our our world's history um, the history of countries individually and see uh, where things start to cross right because there's a lot there's a lot of stuff that happens here that affects something here that affects something there and you kind of create this butterfly effect and you can start to kind of see these patterns um and see a lot of the parallels uh, that take place and i think it's interesting and i think that it's important and that's kind of what i'm trying to do uh with doing stuff like this so i'll continue to do that uh as it comes about and uh, i hope i hope that you like it obviously um now i do want to go ahead and just end with five quick facts about puerto rico things that i came across um in my research so let's start with uh Something that I, I I always find I find food to be very fascinating. I find how food came to be, um, or how a country's food came to be, and the influences that took part in the food uh, in, in the in in a nation's cu- cuisine. Um, how that cuisine uh, uh, was formed and the influences that took place in forming that cuisine. So when we look at Puerto Rico. Um, we see that, uh, well, coconuts, coffee, plantains, and beans hailed from the African slave trade along with the technique of deep frying. Pork and rice arrived with the Spanish conquistadors along with the seasonings, garlic, onion, peppers, and signature herbs, cilantro, that formed the distinct criollo flavor base. But the most enduring impact on the island cooking comes from the Taino, Puerto Rico's indigenous people, whose contributions include the cultivation of root vegetables and fruits from yucca to guava and a cooking method that literally set the world on fire, barbecue. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's that's always a fun thing to look into, right, because you 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 we the a, a nation's food tells a story nation's food is the 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 amalgamation and the product of everything that came before it. So, in this case we kind of see how these different elements sort of like work or came together to create the cuisine that it, that exists now. Uh, number 2. Puerto Rico does not observe daylight savings time, which I'm all fucking for cuz that shit, do I look like a farmer? Do I how many of us are farmers? Does it really make a difference? Maybe it does and I'm just being ignorant. That's very possible. But I'm just like, yo, it's confusing and then it gets dark too early and then I get sad and I'm just trying not to be sad. I think most of us are just trying not to be sad. So, hell yeah, Puerto Rico. I don't know if it it would really make a difference. I might still end up being sad. Number three, Puerto Rico is also home to the largest living reptile in the world, the leatherback sea turtle. This thing's huge. Look at that thing. That thing is ginormous number four, Rita Moreno yup, that's it that's the fact <laughs> no, but uh, she became uh, the first Hispanic woman to win an Oscar in 1962 for her role in uh, as Anita in West Side Story she's also uh, won an EGOT so that's an Emmy, a Grammy, an Oscar, and a Tony she's a badass, she's the shit everyone loves Rita Moreno if you don't love Rita Moreno then fuck you how good? What? No. Um, and number five is less of a fact and more so of a statement. I think I think that Puerto Rico people tend to forget that it is a part of the United States and it doesn't get recognized as such, even though that it makes uh, the same contributions that any U.S. state would make and has contributed to U.S. Uh, uh, culture, its landscape and its community, you know, from astronauts, to members of the military, to its natural resources, to surgeon generals, Supreme Court justices, uh, members of Congress, artists. And in that sense, uh, I think we need, to, we need to recognize those contributions and recognize it as a part of the U.S. Because I think that as we see, as we have seen with, with these natural disasters, Puerto Rico gets treated as this sort of like an afterthought. And it's not right. And I think that that's something that needs to be called attention to and something that we need to realize. And all it takes is doing the work of trying to learn a little bit more in order to see that. And it doesn't take a lot of work. doesn't take a lot of work to, to see that. It takes hum- really just takes, and they don't even have to be a part of the United States in order to, in order to validate their humanity at all. But, you know, just have empathy. Validate people's humanity. Do the work to understand their cultures to validate to validate them in the process um, and where they come from and, and what makes them you know part of what makes them them and you know just don't don't be an asshole so that's I mean that's that's really the moral of this whole thing don't don't be a dick have good intentions you might fuck up along the way you might some make some, make some mistakes along the way acknowledge those mistakes and then just try to be better. That just applies to everything, um, and obviously, in the spirit of wanting to uh, bring attention and wanting to bring attention, wanting to help uh, Puerto Rico in this time of uh, in this time of need, most recently with the earthquakes, uh, if you can make a donation, that would be great. Uh, there are a lot of great organizations out there that do really, really wonderful work. Uh, but the, I know the Hispanic Federation is one that works with a network of nonprofits in Puerto Rico to um, help those in need. So. If you are able to do that, go to the Hispanic Federation, make a little bit of a donation. Uh, That would be very, very, very cool. So that is the end of our episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, If you wanna shoot me an email with a question or a comment or whatever, you can do that. It's dwcomedy2 at gmail.com. You can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at dwcomedy. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please rate, review, subscribe, leave a review, share it with friends and family. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to the channel. Uh, like this video, comment it, like I said, share it with people. And if you're still listening, thank you. Uh, we're, little, I don't know, we're 40 something minutes in and you're still around. So I genuinely, genuinely appreciate it. I appreciate your time. I hope that you enjoy these little hangout sessions that we have. Uh, check out danielweingarten.com for show dates. Other than that, we'll be back next week with a brand new episode. I'm going to Mexico this weekend go to Mexico. So I'll talk about that. I'm sure. So till then, uh, till next week, be good, be kind, and I'll see you next week. Bye.